Welcome to the Gospel Clarity Podcast, where we discover the difference Jesus makes in all of life. In order for the gospel to be central, it must be functional. I'm your host, Mark Smith. And my name is Andrew Arthur. And welcome back. It's good to have you joining us today. Uh, Andrew, we're still in quarantine. We've been in quarantine for, what is this, our fifth week now? I think it's week five. Week five. How are things going? I do not see an end in sight. I hope you're comfortable. <laughs> well, making the most of it. Yeah. Um, how is, let's just give a brief, just a brief word update. Um, see how our families are doing. Uh, how are you guys doing right now? Is everybody processing it okay? Yeah, so far. I mean, I think the kids really enjoy uh, the amount of time <laughs> that we are mm-hmm. all having together, which is really nice. I think homeschooling is going well after after the first week. I think um, everyone got in a rhythm for how to balance homeschooling and our responsibilities related to our various works and things like that. Um, yeah, I think everybody's in good spirits. Yeah, okay. I am missing. I, I am. I am missing. Um, I can't find any active dry yeast or any kind of dry yeast, and it's starting to make me sad because I can't do anything like pizza dough or uh, make, baking bread or anything like that. I, I just can't do right now, which is a, which is a bummer. So if anybody has some dry yeast or, you know, of some hidden supplies out there, let me know. Mm-hmm. I could dip into my apocalypse active dry <laughs> yeast bin. I'll, do you, I'll have, a, do you have a bunker? Do you have a bunker? You know, Amy, Amy stocked up on like, flowers and the everything it's she's oh, wow. like she's like uh we planted kale and lettuce and she got bins and pounds of, of flour <laughs> to bake bread so she makes pizza every every week we do awesome. a, on friday pizza nights where we make like big pizzas and yeah um so hey we got dry yeast i'll ask her i'll ask her what we can get for yeah. you and uh-huh. the um, so we went. I went to Costco about a week and a half ago. Made the last run that we've made to get groceries. We don't go very often, but I made one big run, and there was no flour in like the normal size distribution that Costco that I've normally find at Costco. Uh-huh. Instead, there were these big like five pound bags. I don't know why I'm using my hands. Nobody can see me, but these big five pound <laughs> bags of of flour that just okay. huge. It looks like a excuse me, something you would get off, you know, something that might be filled with corn all on the farm or something like uh-huh. that. Yeah. It looked like a big thing of feed and it was all flour. Wow. Did you buy on? I did. So I got yeah. lots of flour. Yeah. <laughs> you have no yeast. Oh, that's, that's like a, that's like, a, it reminds me of like a twilight zone episode where you have everything. <laughs> and then like the guy who gets all the books and his glasses break, you can't move forward. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree though. It's been, uh, you know, I think now week five, we're starting, we have a settled rhythm. We've got a, a pattern of things. Our kids are also enjoying the time, the some of the free time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've set some good family habits and like some new family dynamics that, and kind of tradition weekly rhythms that have just been awesome. Like we do Friday night pizza night and movie. And that's the time where the kids get to, watch more TV, you know, than usual they get, and, um, we make big pizzas and we didn't do that before. So, I mean, it's awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, things seem 
things seem to be getting better, but I think that our topic is really helpful for today in terms of as people are now kind of settling into the rhythms of quarantine life, of staying at home and maybe perhaps not necessarily knowing the foreseeable future of when we're going to kind of get back to our previous normalcy. We <laughs> or can even talk what the about new normal will be. Exactly. Or even knowing what that is. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a good topic of cultivating creativity as a form of therapeutic spirituality. A lot of yep. big words. I'm going to say one more time just so people can follow along. Cultivating creativity, keeping with that theme of those the episodes that we've been talking about, as a form of therapeutic spirituality. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, one, one way to put that simply is uh, when we create, it's good for the soul. Yep. When human beings tap into those juices and they start uh, expressing themselves in creative fashions and in creative forms, that's good for the heart. It's good for the soul. And it makes you feel better. <laughs> makes you happier. Yes. Um, and good. So we're going to talk about two ways. We're going to two ways that this happens. We're going to talk about um, therapeutic, therapeutic spirituality by what we create and by what we consume. There's mm-hmm. two elements there. Um, so let's first, let's dive into probably the most basic or just kind of the first example of what we create is a uh, form of therapeutic spirituality. So uh, can you dive in a little bit more about, you know, yeah. why is it good for our souls? Yeah, I think there's lots of reasons and we probably won't uh, mention all of them at, in this conversation. I don't even know if we have the time. Several, yeah. As far as why. Uh, cultivating creativity, creative expression is good for the soul. That's what we mean by therapeutic spirituality. Uh, I think first and foremost, we can say that it's uh, that doing this kind of puts us in line with part of the reason why we were created in the image of God. Now, we wouldn't want to reduce what it means to be the image of God to creativity. Uh, I have heard People talk about the image of God in those exclusive terms, that to be created in God's image means to be creative creatures. Um, I, I think that's a part of what it means to be created in the image of God, but I don't think it's the whole. But even as a part, when we are um, when we express ourselves create, creatively and we begin to cultivate that instinct within the human within human nature, uh, I do think it lines us up. It squares us up with part of the purpose for which we were created in God's image. That we would uh, be able to exercise those muscles, so to speak. And so, it's good for the soul. It's always good for the soul when we are doing whatever lines aligns us with the purpose for which we were created. And I think cultivating creativity as a part of what it means to be created in the image of God. So it helps us line up with our purpose. But And, and then other reasons why it's good for our souls is that when we are cultivating creativity, it, like different forms of creative expression from painting to journaling to writing stories and poetry to uh, even... Uh, to some degree, even even cooking, um, and I'll mention why that is in a moment. It helps dial us into the human condition in a more uh, faithful and true way. It helps us begin to see what's really going on beneath the surface of our lives. It it kind of breaks the plane of superficiality and brings us into kind of substantial aspects of the human condition by helping put words to feelings, by helping us process and understand feelings and actions and reactions and uh, what we're thinking and why we are thinking it. All those dynamics are create uh, cultivating creativity 
draws us into those super important aspects. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great example of how that moment, that, that being kind of tuned in, being tapped in to the human condition is the moment when worship begins. And I think that that's a, 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 beautiful way that God has designed therapeutic or therapeutic creative expression to facilitate worship. Uh, an example I think of is when I was playing music and playing in bands and stuff, there'd be times when we're all gathering together and we're just, just jamming, just playing music, just to play it. But then there's this moment when everything kind of shifts and everyone gets kind of locked in together and something is developing and creating. And I remember being in my band, thankfully, um, and fortunately, I was, there were shared believers with me. And in those moments when everything's kind of come together and something's really genuinely being created, all that happened was worship. All we had felt was we were saying, thank you, Lord, for doing this. Thank you for, for facilitating, for moving it in this direction. And it kind of brought us outside of ourselves, but it also allowed us to look within ourselves and look at our current state and it helped it made us it helped and cared for the soul in this kind of this moment um i hope that makes sense but uh yeah i think that that's what that's the way that i see that human condition flowing into worship right because i mean when we <laughs> you know as christians we have a different worldview uh we we see the world differently uh, we see God differently. Um, everything that we are seeing, we are seeing in the light of what God has revealed in the scriptures, in creation, and most importantly, in the person of Jesus. And so um, because we see everything that way, our when we cultivate creativity, we're ultimately deep down inside, we're responding to those realities. And so when we cultivate creativity, it may draw us into the human condition so that we become more aware of who we are, how we are wired, what we're feeling, why we're feeling it, what are the feelings that we're having, and, and all these dynamics. But but as Christians, we know that that our as we cultivate creativity, one of the reasons why it's really important or really good for the soul is that uh, we don't cultivate creativity to be driven inward and then to be stuck there mm -hmm. uh, because that can be sometimes a very bleak place. Um, mm -hmm. Introspection is good to a point, but when we obsess over introspection, that's that puts us in a really dangerous spot, an unhealthy pattern of living. Mm -hmm. And it makes us narcissistic. It makes us uh, very self-centered and self-absorbed. But as followers of Jesus who see the world in light of God's revelation, in light of Jesus's resurrection, in light of all those dynamics, when we cultivate create when we cultivate creative expression, we want to be drawn in, but ultimately we want to be drawn out. And mm -hmm. so we want to cultivate uh, creativity in such a way that brings us out of ourselves so that we are beholding the glory of God in all its various shades in the world.
that moment, that process for it to be drawn out is also for it to be displayed sometimes for other people. And the purpose of it is to also allow other people to come in and be invited into that, into that experience, into that moment as well. Um, it, it makes me think about, yeah, the, the benefit of creating as therapeutic spirituality, not just for ourselves, but if we're doing it to be looking outwards, it benefits others too. I mean, it's not only just good for your soul, but it's good for everybody else's soul as they reflect too on, on, um, on, on the Lord, on God, on his, on his truths and what's now being created through someone. I think about that with music, with art. Um, I mean, look at church history, you know, you have painters, people painting, um, trying to display the transcendence of God in a new way that people hadn't experienced before and taking um, artistic forms to, to demonstrate that. Yeah. And, and so the, um, the, one of the, one of the things I love about how God is working within us in redeeming us and transforming us as we walk by faith in relationship with him in Ephesians chapter two, um, there's a, there's a passage that speaks of how we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he has prepared beforehand for us to walk in or to do. And, but the language there of being God's workmanship or God's handiwork, uh, it's, it's, there, it's an artistic term in the original language, basically saying that we are God's masterpieces. And so there's a sense in which God is constantly creating, um, and expressing himself creatively in the in what he's doing in and through our lives and the various colors he's using to paint um, our lives and our life stories with um, so that we become those masterpieces of God in the world, reflecting redemption, reflecting God's glory and creation. And so another reason why we why cultivating creativity is good for the soul is that uh, sometimes, um, Mark, you and I have had conversations about this in the past, but sometimes we might create um, and engage in a worshipful moment with God because we're writing a poem in response to something we've read in the scriptures. We're writing a song in response to something God has revealed. And we go through that process, um, but then it just sits in a drawer somewhere and nobody outside of us ever sees it or reads it or benefits directly from it. But because cultivating creativity is, is a form of therapeutic spirituality, there's something happening to us when we're going through that process. And so what happens is when we step out of our rooms and we step out into public and we go uh, interact with our family, interact with our friends, and we begin to walk through life, there's an imprint that that process has left on us that other people uh, should be able to see and sense in the ways in which we are being transformed, we are being recreated, we are being renewed, and that process is serving that uh, work in our lives. And so they may not ever read that poem or hear that song directly, but they're interacting with us, who, which um, by going through the process, that there may be some fruit that comes out of that that benefits them. And so it's another reason why cultivating creativity is a, is a form of therapeutic spirituality. Mm-hmm. That makes me think about uh, exercising, actually, in some some weird sense. But maybe I see the connection a little bit, of uh, or I'll show you the connection. So hopefully you see it. Um, 
when you're when you're exercising when you're working out it makes you feel better makes you um it you know after the after that exercise that hard work that kind of effort gets put in there's kind of this this peace this kind of relaxation that kind of happens and i think in the same sense in more of a uh spiritual and um dynamic sense with a person's emotions in terms of the therapeutic side of it creating art creating um feeling that peace having that moment happen when you've really connected and aligned with god in that and he's spoken to you and there's a worship that's ensued from that yeah seeing other people it's similar to like an exercise of there's this general peace that kind of can i i mean as long as uh, i think it's easier to say there's a peace over creating something than exercising because sometimes you can be sore and cranky from that but Hopefully you're not cranky from painting or you're well, some, sometimes you, know. you can get cranky because you're trying to express something and you just can't get it. Yeah. And you're you're in the grind of that creative process, which is challenging. It is it is stretching. Um, but once you get through it, it's very energizing and it's very life-giving mm-hmm. uh once you finally move through what you're doing and or what you were trying to create. Um, yeah. I remember that- now what I was trying to get back get at earlier about <clears throat> how this is good for the soul by tuning us into the human condition. And I referred to cooking. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Another example from the scriptures about how even cooking can tune us into the human condition and facilitate worship. Uh, You think about Israel's story in the book of Exodus. Uh, the, The entire Passover meal that they celebrated annually after being liberated from bondage and being brought out of Egypt and into the wilderness towards the promised land, Every year, they were cooking a meal designed to remind them of the oppression that they lived under, designed to remind them of the affliction that they endured, designed to remind them of what God uh, did for them uh, by giving, by instructing them on the Passover lamb and and parting the Red Sea and bringing them out of that moment. So, so cooking on an annual basis kind of served this process of, of, of cultivating creativity through the form of cooking and using certain ingredients and cooking certain dishes was all designed to um, draw them in. This is what the human condition is like and draw them out. This is what God has done. And it was, a, mm-hmm. and it was all served by the cooking process. Mm-hmm. I want to add to another thing of, um, and this is an add on to this is who God is. And then Exodus, actually Exodus is such a great example of so many different forms of creative expression when people are in the wilderness. It kind of reminds me a bit of our uh, conversation in our last episode of um, people being deprived of things. There's creative expression ensues from that, of, uh, from that restriction of, of, uh, of, um, options and yeah, it's like supplies. The, it's like you know. the, the what's basically become a trope now when you just take a picture of a flower growing in concrete. Uh, it's right, a very exactly. Common picture now, everybody sees it, but that, that's the idea. That's where right. art tends to blossom. Yeah. yeah. So, and then within that, though, with Exodus, I mean, you have um, uh, uh, Bezalel, the artist who's appointed by God to build the inside of the tabernacle as a form of showing people who God is, who this God is, as a way to bring themselves out into worship and to see, I mean, thinking about this wilderness, dry, empty, dusty land, and inside of this tabernacle is gold, is blue, colors, blue, you know, rubies, jewels, all of these things to express and show just who this God is that's brought them out of this land, right? 
Um, it, I mean, yeah, I, I love how how the, it looks almost like this holistic, full picture of creative, therapeutic spirituality. To contribute is also to receive, and in doing so, as you're contributing, you're also receiving, and um, all of this is playing into the full picture of um, how someone's soul can really be revitalized through creation or through creating. Mm-hmm. Um, but that leads me, I think that's a, I mean, also maybe it's just that I'm hungry, but it might be in a good, your food section might be a good uh, example of moving into the second, the second dynamic, which is um, uh, consuming. What are we consuming? Mm-hmm. Therapeutic spirituality as a form of consumption. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, like we want to cultivate creativity by expressing ourselves, but we also want to benefit from what other people are creating. And that's what we mean by consuming. We, we are talking about beholding somebody else's artwork. We're talking about listening to someone else's music, reading someone else's story. Um, because there's all these creative uh, gifts out there, uh, that have come out of, people cultivating creativity themselves. And now we get to be blessed by them, benefit from them. We get to consume them in, uh, in helpful ways that that's good for the soul. Yeah. And so one example for this, um, in scripture would be, uh, how the Bible describes creation as therapeutic, uh, that creation has a way of ministering to our souls when we are beholding the glory of God in what God has created, uh, that God has displayed his power and his wisdom and his wonder in the heavens and the earth. And so we step outside and we see this, the most dynamic canvas that's ever been painted upon is creation itself. And we can partake of that and consume that and enjoy that and be ministered to by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a good point to, um, let me read Psalm 148 as we're kind of prepping for this. And we wanted to find some examples of that. Um, this is Psalm 148 and, uh, it's looking at this dynamic of praise of praising the Lord through his handiwork, through his creation. So you're um, responding to what God has done. You're responding to what God has created. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is uh, Psalm 148, verses 7 through 14. A few verses here. It says, Praise the Lord from the earth, all sea monsters and ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and cloud, stormy wind that executes his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creatures that crawl, and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, young men as well as young women, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty covers heaven and earth. He has raised up a horn for his people, resulting in praise to all his faithful ones, to the Israelites, the people close to him. Hallelujah. The picture that I see is creation is not bland. It's not, it's not this bleak. There's this beautiful picture. And through that, we can be inspired and our souls can be moved towards praise. Just looking at the creative wonder of, 
uh, how God created everything. Um, any thoughts on that? On that song? Yeah. So when, you know, we're responding and praising, you know, obviously anytime we're praising, we're being drawn out of ourselves and we are, and which is always good for fallen people like us. Uh, We don't want to be stuck within the self because that's a deadly place to be, a dangerous place to be, an unhealthy place to be. And so we want to be drawn out and praise uh, when we are confronted with something that is praiseworthy. Uh, That's what we want to do because that draws us out. I'm reminded of Charles Spurgeon, a famous pastor in London, England, 19th century, uh, one of the most influential pastors in church history. And, but he was a man who, though he was incredibly influential and very prolific in his productivity as a pastor and a writer and a preacher and this, that, and the other, he battled depression hardcore. And he would go through cycles of depression and being downcast. But he talks about in his own story and journey that when he would have these bouts and he would fall into funks, he would then retreat to a cabin in the woods And he would go on walks in the woods uh, with no agenda, no direction, uh, just him and God and God's creation, just walking through the woods. And he talks about how uh, God ministered to him and met him there and uh, how many times those walks through the woods were what God used most effectively to, um, to draw him out of himself and to help him get through his funk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my wife, Amy, she is, she frequently tells me that the best ways to get out of her funk are, I mean, are through obviously praying and reading the Bible, but she says, if I can go on a walk outside and go on a hike, there's a lot of soul, there's a lot of soul healing that happens just through going outside and, um, going, walking in the woods. So yeah, Spurgeon is a great example uh, of that and how it kind of gets them out of it. Uh, there's, but there's also many theologians. I mean, they really didn't have that many extra entertainment resources in their time. Right. And so walking, I feel like, I feel like they, yeah. I mean, maybe even just the sense of TV and everything is, uh, I mean, shows maybe we should do a little less of that and more walking outside and see what maybe we can receive that benefit too. Unless one of the things that your soul responds to best is story and depictions of the human condition and depictions of uh, storylines that focus on redemption and refinement and character development, which are reasons I came and my wife and I were talking about this the other day. And, and we were talking about what forms of art connect most deeply with us. And for me, it's the form of it's story and the use of words, it's character development. And so uh, there's a sense in which, um, yes, I, I get ministered to when I go on hikes, I'm a step out in creation. But uh, if you can find good stories and good depictions of the human condition that, that uh, may be gritty because it's real and raw, but it's, there's a, there's a line there, there's a, there's an upward trajectory and, some development in the story, some development in the character, those, those things, uh, I find my mind just feasting on those, um, a lot and they, they can, they can help cause things to click within me that I need to click. And so, uh, so, um, I'm not an advocate for just binging over and over Netflix over and over and over again, and just only doing that. But I am an advocate for consuming good stories, good movies, good shows that might um, hit on some of these themes that our mm-hmm. soul needs to see in a different way or from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, storytelling is definitely impactful for me as well. Um, 
I don't know. I kind of almost hold those two like hiking outside, you know, doing a hike or something, but I don't have as many opportunities to do that. So I found storytelling, listening to stories, um, reading good, good fiction to be very, um, soul rewarding. One thing that I also started doing was, uh, going to and researching and looking up more, um, more art, more abstract art, more modern, modern art pieces. I found that that to be, uh, quite therapeutic for me um and and amy as well and i think this whole process too is as we're married together we're trying to bond over different different forms of of creative expression you know we're so anytime that we're able to go out on a date or something a lot of the times something has to do with art that really speaks to us um together so it's walking outside or going to an art museum or something but i definitely see how um the use of story is so meaningful and impactful in the use of words as well. Yeah. So, um, so with that in mind, um, we're sitting here in the midst of a pandemic. We're socially isolated. We're quarantined. Um, people do not have may they might not have immediate access to God's glory and creation. Uh, I mean, we're blessed to live in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest where we can get glimpses of it everywhere we look. There are lots of people in the world who, whose uh, footprint doesn't lead them there uh, mm-hmm. because maybe they're stuck in a certain circumstance or in a certain setting that isn't as accessible to what we see where we are. And this is another, this is all the more reason why we need to create good art and get good art in to, you know, saturating every setting with different mediums and forms so that every person can be ministered to or to have defined a therapeutic experience for their soul by consuming art. If they're unable to consume just God's glory and creation, they can consume story, they can consume music, they can consume uh, various things like that. And so with that in mind, uh, let me just ask you, what are some other ways that you and your wife are consuming during this time? What are avenues that are ministering to you these days? Yeah. Um, well, like I mentioned, uh, walking, doing a lot of walks, looking at art. But what we found being inside more often is we've been less interested in in TV and film stuff. Um, that still feels to me, it's like very relaxing kind of entertainment. But if I really want to be spiritually nourished through creative expression, uh, we are, we're frequently reading um, hymns. We're reading uh, poetry. We're reading psalms. Um, I, I'm diving pretty deep into uh, into hymns. Just a book of hymns that I just read. I don't have the music to it, um, but I just get to read the lyrics and read the uh, the words. Um, I'm also really drawn into um, to different stories and different novels and stuff right now. So a lot of reading. I've also listened to. Um, there's this new. Uh, jazz album from this uh, group. I don't know if they're believers or not, but they're pretty saturated. They like they grew up in church and everything, but it's this jazz band called Brian Blade and the Fellowship. And this jazz is like, dude, speaking to me. It is, it is, it's beautiful. It's amazing jazz that uh, Amy and I, we were cooking and we were listening to it and we had it on. It was pretty loud. 
uh, because we need to drown. We need to be inspired amidst all the noise of the kids, you know, but there's this one moment the song happened and we're just like, we got tuned in, dude. It was amazing. We're just listening to it. And then we looked it up live and we wanted to see a live recording. So jazz, music, reading. How about for you guys? How about you? Uh, one thing we've been consuming recently is Andrew Peterson. Uh, he's a he's an artist who loves Jesus, and he's written lots of of music. He's a kind of a folksy songwriter. Um, I think he's based out of Nashville. He also he's in recent years since I think in two thousand and eight he started writing a trilogy uh, of of fantasy kids books kind of in the same vein as like a Chronicles of Narnia or something along those lines. And it's called the wing feather saga series. And he's done a great job actually opening that up to people via Facebook. And so each night around five o'clock Pacific time, he's reading for 30 minutes. Uh, he's reading through this trilogy, the wing feather saga. And so you can go to Andrew Peterson on Facebook and you can access previous readings and you can just listen to the story being read by the one who, who wrote it. It's a really neat experience. And our kids have, have loved that. Uh, he'll give, he'll drop little tidbits of insider information about behind how something came to be, or he'll drop some artwork that his son's creating that reflects the story that we're reading. It's just a very fun experience. And so our kids have been consuming that. And what I love about it for our, for our current situation is that it's a story that focuses on things like bravery and courage, dealing with darkness and finding hope. And so those themes really speak loud to our lives today. That's great. And then there's a couple things that our church is, is making available as well. Just want to let everybody know. Uh, you can go to Spotify, and there's a couple of, if you're into music and words, uh, there is um, uh, a new channel or something on Spotify titled Hallowed Words. And if you look up Hallowed Words, it's going to take you to a, an extended meditation upon uh, that's driven by music uh, of words that are spoken uh, in what we're teaching and what we're studying in the scriptures together. Uh, but they're called hallowed words and you can find it on Spotify, which may be good meditative, um, uh, substance for you. Uh, but then also <clears throat> we have a Spotify playlist of the hallows church, uh, worship music uh, that Corey ought to be a worship leader put together uh, for people to consume and to be blessed by, and just a list of, of songs that are meaningful, that are rich in its theological expression, but also creative. And so uh, you can go to Spotify playlist and find that accessing it. Mm -hmm. And these are ways that we'd love to help out in you finding, uh, finding creative means of therapeutic spirituality. So with that said, Join us next time for the next episode as we continue to explore cultivating creativity.